Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Brian Wren. It's a privilege to be with you today. And it's Kids Sunday, and I know we've had some other kids trickle in. And we're going to start off fast and furious with the big idea today. And the big idea, I want you to really engage it with your body and pretend you're a kid who's trying to remember this. Maybe you went to a, uh, a Bible camp or you remember Sunday school where they use motions to help engage you. And so here's our big idea today. And boy, Bader and Rula, this relates to you in your unique setting, and it relates to us. And Jim, when you sang this morning, I thought of your recent challenges of health, and I thought, wow, this relates to your situation. And that song, don't we want Jim to come to our house each day and just sing that to us? It was glorious, just glorious. Thank you, my brother. But like a kid who's learned it for the first time or an adult who needs to hear it again and again, look at the big idea. Don't forget, you are chosen, loved, and you have what it takes. This is what we're going to learn from David today. But let's get in in our bodies right now, all right? Follow my hand motions. You're chosen, you're loved, and you have what it takes. Let's try that again. Say it with me. You're chosen... You are loved, and you have what it takes. That's what David is teaching us today. And here's why we need to remember this. Sometimes we don't feel that way, right? Sometimes because of others or life, we end up what? Feeling rejected. Sometimes things don't go as planned. Sometimes we wake up, and we just don't feel like we're loved, we're chosen, nor do we have what it takes. This is a great reminder for all of us. And the battle, I think, so often in our walk with Christ is this, is remembering well, remembering well. On your message notes or just in your mind, will you grasp, write down, mark those three words, chosen, loved, you have what it takes. Chosen, loved, you have what it takes. Because here's what happens also. Sometimes what God chooses to do surprises us, doesn't it? God's choices surprise us. They really do surprise us. And I want you to realize that. I want you to see it on the screen, that God's choices surprise us. And that's why we've got to remember this big idea. And sometimes God is choosing us in a particular situation, and we're surprised by that. And because we don't feel loved, we don't feel like we have what it takes, we're not willing to what? Walk into that. But God does things sometimes that just truly surprise us. And God operates differently than us. So open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 16, and let's look at our core passage. It's not on the screen, but it's in your message notes. But look at your Bibles, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. In the Pew Bible, just grab it, open up to page 283, and you'll be right there. This is 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. It's not on the screen, but it is on the front page of your message notes. Remember, God's choices surprise us, and here's why, especially at times when he's choosing us. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 
16, the second part of verse 7. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at what? The outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This is a great passage to memorize and mark in your Bible. And if you're a young kid, you've got to remember this one because you are who you are now, but God is building all of us in who he wants us to be, regardless of what age. Isn't that true? You are who you are now, but God is building us and refining us into who he wants us to be for specific times and events where he wants to use us because we're chosen, we're loved, and we have what it takes. But sometimes we look at just at the outer appearance. Think of it this way. Here's some examples of our staff when they were younger. And could you believe they would grow to be the leaders? Look at this guy. Anybody know who that is? That's your lead pastor, Gary Gadini. He was about the age of David. Would you have ever thought that he was chosen? Could he have ever thought? He was just a young Catholic kid. But what you don't know in that picture next to him in the blue jacket is his brother Bob, who was the first person to claim faith in Christ and to follow. I believe his family grew up believing in Christ, but did they truly choose to follow? And Bob, who's sitting next to this picture, who Bob passed away years ago, was the one who really led Gary to know who Christ was. He believed that Gary was chosen, loved, and Gary had what it takes. Bob would be super proud of what Gary's done. How about this next picture? Can you know, do you know who that is? He's missing today. His name is Peter Perkins. Yeah, yeah, the gasp, the audible gasp. That is the young, dapper, Ivy League-looking Peter Perkins, isn't it? Yes, yes. And who would have thought that he would have been chosen for a time such as this, and actually a second career? I sat with Peter as I saw the tears come out of his eyes as he felt called to this position and waited on the call of this church to choose him after we had chosen two other people we thought that were going to be that, and we chose him off the search team. Amazing, amazing. Look at this next picture. Anybody know who that is? The young, adventurous Ken Carter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Who would have thought? In Colorado, this is? Uh, yeah, in Colorado. And we know God has used Ken for eons, decades upon decades. But there was a time, and if Ken could come up, he felt chosen. He felt loved, and he realized, all right, God, you're giving me uh, what it takes. It's interesting. This relates to the passage in 1 Corinthians 1, 2, uh, in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, 27, you'll see it on the screen. Let me read it for you. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chooses what seems like the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So it is with David. 
Take a look at this video and see how David was chosen. God's story, David and Saul. So part of God's story is about two guys named David and Saul. And it begins like this. You may have heard of David before. The little shepherd boy who stood up to the massive warrior Goliath and won. But that isn't the whole story. In fact, that's really only a part of it. The rest of the story starts with a man named Saul. See, God wasn't very happy with Saul, Israel's first king. The people of Israel had begged God's prophet Samuel to give them a king so they could be more like other nations. God warned the Israelites they would regret it, but gave them Saul as their king. And like anyone, King Saul wasn't perfect and soon started to mess up, disobeying God and leading Israel away from him. And that's where our friend David comes in. God wanted a new king to replace Saul, so he sent Samuel to a man named Jesse. Jesse showed Samuel his eldest sons, big and strong men. Samuel thought for sure that one of these impressive boys was to be king, but God had other plans. God told Samuel to find another son, so Jesse brought in little David. Even though David was a little scrawny and had the smelly job of taking care of sheep, God told Samuel to look at more than his appearance. Samuel obeyed and anointed David, God's special way of choosing people. Way to remember the story, isn't it? Good way to remember the story. And in your Bibles, let's look what it says. Because here's one of the key points you need to realize. God chooses David even though what? No one else did. No one else did. And there's times when God chooses us when no one else, no one else really does. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 16, 10 to 13. You'll see it up on the screen. Jesse had what? Seven of his sons passed before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are there, then he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And he said, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. If you go on and look at the next passage, he, so he sent him, he sent for him and had him brought in. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came what? Powerfully, powerfully on David. He was chosen. He was chosen. And I want you to understand the significance of the moment. He brought oil with him. And isn't it amazing? The prophet didn't even know what God was going to truly do. So the prophet Samuel had to what? Rely on the Lord. So it is with us. So often in our life and our plans, when we don't rely on the Lord, then we miss what he wants to do. And then we have these assumptions in our head, just like what? Samuel. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Oh, it's this. But no, it was David. It was the unexpected one. And what's powerful is that he goes on to anoint him, and not just with a little oil, but a lot of oil, okay? Pours it all over him. And oil in that time, when oil was brought out, this was saying, this is the one I have chosen. And this oil was just not slick to the body, but it smelled. It was like skunking somebody because it was putting a whole new identity on that person in a whole new way. We don't have much that's like that today. 
where we have that experience where you are the chosen one, where God said it is your time. But we need to remember that, don't we? We need to remember that. What's interesting in our house, we have this fun thing that we sometimes do on birthdays where we take an egg and we will anoint somebody. For some reason, we decide to start doing this on their head with an egg and crack it open. And it's amazing how it oozes down and we laugh and have fun with it. But can you imagine, can you imagine what David's reaction was? Here he is, and you'll read about it this week in your book. Can you imagine where his eyes are closed, they're pouring the oil on him, and he opens his eyes. And there's his brothers who don't believe in him. And there's his dad who didn't even include him. And he's the one. He's the one that is chosen. To be anointed is something that God wants to do for all of us. Because he has chosen us. And we're going to hear how that is really true for us in just a moment. But I want you to also understand that David, you know what David felt there also? Deeply loved. Do you know what the word David means? Beloved. His own name. And if you wonder if David truly felt loved by the Lord, if you go into Psalm 27, and I would encourage you during this season as we're chasing David to look through his psalms. 70, almost 75 of the psalms, half the psalms are written by who? David. And I'm challenging my own men's group to find their psalm during this series. What's the psalm of David that relates most to your life, especially right now? And it's interesting. David says in Psalm 27, gives you a little foretaste of maybe how he felt about his family. Even though my mother and father forsake me, I know what? The Lord receives me. He felt loved. How about when he describes the Lord in Psalm 103, one of my favorite psalms? He said, the Lord is slow to anger, rich in compassion, and what? Abounding in love. David always stood on the love of God. And then finally, he felt empowered. That last part of the verse, did you see what happens? The spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he experienced the spirit in his life. Do you remember when he sins in Psalm 51? What's his greatest concern? Lord, don't take your spirit from me. David was filled with the spirit. And God wasn't going to take it from him. But he was worried because he wanted that intimacy. And so I want you to see here that David himself felt chosen. He knew he was loved. And he was empowered by the spirit. And he had to stand on that. And even when he failed, he had to keep going back to that. And here's what's interesting. Here was the word ties to us. And I do not want you to miss this because this is powerful. God chooses us even when we feel rejected, right? And even when we feel uh, overlooked. And even when we feel rejected by ourselves. I think so many of us live in a place of self-defeat where we feel like what? We're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not capable enough. We're overwhelmed by the circumstances. But the reality is, no, no. God wants us to always come back to, we're chosen. I love you. And you have what it takes. You're empowered. And I want you to see where this, it says it in the New Testament. Because here's what I love about the Bible. I love when an Old Testament concept is threaded the entire way through. So think of it this way. We see the anointing of David very clearly today, don't we? how he's chosen love and empowered. We see that all play out with who? 
in the middle of the Bible, meaning the Gospels. Who? Jesus, okay? We see him get anointed where? At Bethany, where he is anointed with some really smelly stuff by a woman. And people are kind of taken back by it. It's so overwhelming. And then we see the Spirit of God come upon him where? At his baptism. And we are told that this is who I love and who I'm well pleased from the heavenlies at that same moment. So we have David, we have Jesus, and believe it or not, and this is where you have to tap in and truly come to terms with, do you believe this? It happens and it has this opportunity for us. Look at this passage in Ephesians. Maybe you've never seen it like this. It is in the NLT version where it really makes it come alive. But here's what it's showing. Exactly what David experienced, exactly what Jesus experienced, is exactly what God wants us to fully experience. I love how it opens up. Even before he made the world, God loved us. And what? He chose us. In Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through who? Jesus Christ. It gave him great pleasure. Great, great pleasure to do this. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has what? Poured. Poured. God's grace is like the oil that was poured on David. And you know where his grace come from? It comes from and was poured over us. It's from his blood. When the blood of Christ was shed for us and it is pouring out of Christ, it covers us like the oil covered David. That is the anointing that we receive. I don't know if you've ever heard it explained like that, but it's true. We were anointed by his shed blood on the, Christ, on the cross. And that proves to us that what? We are chosen. We are loved. And then if you go on to the next passage here later in Ephesians 1.13, and when we believe in this, when we receive the gift of this, look what we're given. He identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. God anointed David he was selecting specific people back in that time. He brought Jesus to us to show uh, the God-man who was perfect. But he went through the same process. And then with his death and resurrection, we have full access to this. Full access to this. The real question is, do you wake up each day to face the circumstances of life that seem to endlessly reject us and push against us? And will you say, I am chosen, I am loved, and I do have what it takes by the power of the Holy Spirit? I'd love for you to consider the prayer. There's a prayer. It's not on the screen. It's in your message notes. There's a simple prayer. God, help me to believe I'm chosen, I'm loved, and I have what it takes. And look at these questions that are on the screen also. What do you think God thinks of you? This is probably the most important question that you could ever answer. Because what you think about what God thinks of you matters most because it steers your life 
more than any other thought. And I hope you hear us today. Oh, you're chosen for this time. You're completely loved. And then from there, I can be with you and give you what it takes. I often say to my own kids, hey, don't live in arrogance and think you can do it all on your own, okay? And hey, 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 don't live in self-defeat thinking that you're incapable and you cannot overcome some things. Live in this sweet spot of grace where God made you for this season, Noah Ren. You're a 15-year-old kid. God made you for this season, Sadie Ren. You're a 21-year-old girl at college. And you're not perfect and you're flawed, but you are chosen. And through your belief in Christ, you are empowered. And that's the sweetest way that we could ever live. And if you go back to those questions, you'll see what do you think God thinks of you is the most important question. And then you have to wrestle with what hinders you from believing you're chosen, loved, and have what it takes. Think of our guests today. Wow, the enormous rejection and circumstance that push against them. But when they sit in daily, I don't know how I got here, God, but I do know this. I am chosen. I'm loved by you. And I am empowered by you to live out the way you want me to. It's possible. It's so possible. Even in the most difficult of circumstances. So as you go today, will you repeat it with me with the hand motions? Don't forget, you're chosen, you're loved, and you have what it takes. And as we close out today, here's what I want you to do. Marty's going to come up and play a little. I want you to come and receive an anointing and a reminder. I'm going to ask some of our Stephen ministers and prayer team to come up here right now. And what they're going to do is as you come down to the aisles, they're going to read this over you as they anoint you with oil. Through your faith in Christ, you were chosen, loved, and you have what it takes to live for him. Remember, it is through faith in Christ that this is possible. It's called humanism if you try it on your own. If you just walk around going, oh, I'm chosen, I'm loved, and I have what it takes, that's called humanism. But Godism, with God at the center, is saying, no, 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 no. I need Christ because that's where the anointing comes from. And so if you've never truly believed that and really started to follow under that covering, or if you want to recommit to that today, when you come forward and they anoint you with oil on your forehead, the sign of the cross, all you have to say is, amen. And amen means yes. That is the term for yes. It means amen. Maybe you want to make a bolder statement and say, I believe and I will follow. Or maybe you just want to say amen. But come today, re-receive the anointing that Christ has for you or receive it for the first time. So Stephen Ministers, prayer team, come on up. Let's have you get in your spots. We're going to leave, we're going to fill these four up here. There's seven stations. We're going to leave two of them open. Some people might want to not have someone else do it. You may want to do it with one another. You might want to do it with one another. So a wife to a husband. And you just read the line as you anoint them with oil. So we're going to take about seven minutes here and go ahead and do this. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven.
May we believe for the first time or re-believe how you threaded this story from David to us. We ask, God, that you build in us greater faith in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.